Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Leader Talk. My name is John Wayne Troxell, retired senior enlisted advisor to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. 38 years United States Army, proud veteran, proud retiree, and now a guy that just likes to share his thoughts on leadership and what's going on in the world. So today's episode is titled, Too Much Empathy? Question mark. Meaning, is there too much empathy in the world today? Now, there are some people out there that think the world is a hideous place. And don't get me wrong, there are some insidious people in the world that look to do harm to innocent folks. But there are some out there that think that the world is so bad that we have to go over and beyond in terms of being nice and being empathetic and dare I say, be in compassion. Well, I'm a guy that tells you, that is going to tell you that you have to have a balance between empathy and compassion, the humanity, along with a certain level of discipline, accountability, and lawfulness that is required to have a safe and prosperous society. Now, empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. Okay, I get it. That's important. And compassion is pity or concerns for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. Now, when I talk about this balance, we can't forget we are humans dealing with humans and there has to be a level of care for other humans. That is just the way we should be. But if we have an imbalance where there's not enough focus on balancing that humanity with lawfulness and, as I mentioned, discipline and accountability... We can have this imbalance where empathy is weighing down lawfulness and it can create a sense of entitlement in people. Case in point, let's talk the southern border again. You've heard on previous episodes how I feel about the southern border and, you know, 1.5 to 2 million people have illegally entered this country between the ports of entries since 2021 and they are undocumented. They are released and they are free in our country. But let me give you an experience I just had. So I was flying through an airport in the United States on a well-known airline. And I was waiting at this gate to board my aircraft. Now I fly three to four weeks a month. And I've been doing that ever since I retired for over four years. I am at the highest levels of the programs that the airlines provide. So I normally get on the plane first. All right. But as I'm standing waiting to board the aircraft in my priority lane, along with others that have earned the same priority status as me, I noticed that uh, there were a few illegal aliens, undocumented immigrants that were standing there as well. None of them spoke English. And the agent at the gate did speak English, or excuse me, did speak their language, Spanish. And when we got ready to board the plane, she allowed these young men to board the plane first. And when asked why she allowed these young men to board first, she said, well, you know, they don't understand the process and everything. So I wanted to get them in and get them seated. Okay. I got it, all right? You are looking to make things seamless and everything. But let's peel that back a little bit. First of all, they enter this country illegally. 
when they were captured, they now, on the backs of American taxpayer, have a cell phone. They have a monthly stipend depending on what state they end up in. They have free airline tickets like these three gentlemen here. And now they have preferred boarding over others. And oh, by the way, on that flight, sitting in a coach, they got free meals. While the American citizens who wanted the same meals had to pay for it. And so this is the kind of over-empathy to take care of people that enter this country illegally. And now here's where this sense of entitlement comes in. Let's go to New York City, where recently seven of these illegal aliens, undocumented immigrants, were told to move along on a busy street in New York City. They didn't like it, and they assaulted, physically assaulted, these police officers very violently. They were arrested, but they were released on cashless bail. And as two of these guys left the police station, they were given the middle finger to the media and everybody out there. And now here's the other thing. You have these people that enter this country illegally. We give them all this free stuff. And now when their housing isn't what they expect it to be, or their benefits aren't what is expected to be, they start protesting. All right? Okay, they're not even U.S. citizens. They are here illegally. We have given them all this free stuff, and now they are protesting. And so at the expense of the American taxpayer, at the expense of the American citizen, these hundreds of thousands, over one million, illegal immigrants have entered this country and now they're demanding their just due. And why is it like this? Well, when you have an open border like we do now, where anybody and everybody can come through, we're soft on crime, and then when you continue to do things like defund the police and the police are bad and everything, this is going to go into a direction where the criminal has a sense of entitlement. Forget about the criminal acts they are performing, they have this sense of entitlement that regardless of how bad it is, they should be released and allowed to go on their way. And oh, by the way, these seven or eight guys in New York City, the majority of them, the minute they were released on cashless bail, fled to Arizona and California. Now, more charges are being preferred and everything, but in Troxel's opinion, will these people ever be brought to justice unless they do some more crimes and more heinous crimes Probably not. So the bottom line is, when you have this imbalance like this, uh, it creates a sense of entitlement. And even people that are here illegally who should be thanking their stars that they have the opportunities that they have in this country, now we, the citizens of the United States, owe them something. It's absolutely a crock of bullshit. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, let's talk about how this sense of entitlement, how this too much empathy happens in professional sports, and what does that mean to people that idolize uh, professional athletes. But first, let's hear from our sponsors at Downrange Supplements. Downrange Supplements. As the brand of the troops, we produce only the highest quality supplements conducive to mission effectiveness. Whether it's our fully dosed pre-workout, recovery and rehydration, or Mermite protein, it's time to continually improve your fighting position with Downrange Supplements. 
Go to www.downrangesups.com today and take your training to the next level. Hey folks, welcome back to Leader Talk. I'm John Wayne Troxell. We're talking about, is there too much empathy in the world now? Let's talk professional sports. Last weekend, the Super Bowl was played, Super Bowl 58, and it was a great football game for those of you that are fans that went into overtime with ultimately the Kansas City Chiefs beating the San Francisco 49ers and claiming back-to-back Super Bowl championships. But something happened during that game that caught my eye. Now, I've been a longtime football fan. I'm nowhere near as passionate about the sport as I was years ago because of the level of politics involved in it now and because of this sense of entitlement I see in some of these professional athletes. I'm not condemning all of them, but there are some professional athletes out there that get this sense of entitlement and then they abuse it. And so it's kind of turned me off to pro sports, but it's the Super Bowl, so I watched a little bit of it. And what I saw was uh, in the first quarter, or excuse me, it was in the second quarter, the Chiefs were driving for a touchdown. And when they fumbled the ball inside the 49er 10-yard line, and on the sideline, their world-class all-pro tight end, Travis Kelsey, got upset because he wasn't in the game or something was going on that that uh, he wasn't happy about. And he approached his head coach, Andy Reid, in a manner that, you know, was very forceful. He was yelling at him, and he actually bumped him, knocking this 300-pound man, Andy Reid, off balance while still yelling at him in his face. Now, to the Travis Kelsey fans out there and the Kansas City Chiefs fans and football fans in general, they'll say that's just passion, okay, and that... You know, that's what happens in the game and everything. Now, let's think of Travis Kelsey. He's one of the best tight ends in the league and will probably be a future Hall of Famer. His girlfriend is probably the most popular pop star in the world right now in Taylor Swift. And they are girlfriend and boyfriend. And the NFL has gone out of its way to showcase this relationship and Taylor Swift at any and every Chiefs game. It is becoming part of what the NFL is now. And uh, it's clear to Troxel that the NFL wants everybody to be Swifties. All right. I'm not a Swiftie. And uh, even if you held a gun to my head, I wouldn't be a Swiftie. All right. But this incident now, while some call it passion, I think it crossed the line. Okay. When the head coach, who was kind of like the guy in charge and everything, and one of his players gets upset at him and crosses the line and gets physical, what kind of example does that set for the millions of people, especially children, that just revere Travis Kelsey? Well, I will tell you that when something like that goes unchecked, it's going to set an example, a poor example, for some young kid who thinks he can do that to his coach. And I have yet to hear Travis Kelsey come out and say, and apologize to the world. He's apologized to Andy Reid. He's gone on his own podcast with his brother and talked about, yeah, I got to get myself. I got to check myself and everything. But the worst than that, okay, is that Andy Reid says he loves it when his players are passionate. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of passion in the game, and there should be a lot of passion in the game. So where is the cut line for somebody like Andy Reid? Is it okay 
that Travis Kelsey knocks him on his ass next time? Or is it okay if he grabs him by his shirt and everything? Where is the cut line? When it comes to physical contact, it either is or isn't. And when the coach himself says, it's okay, I love it when my players are passionate, you know, he apologized to me, but there's no repercussions on that kind of behavior, guess what? Who's to say he wouldn't do it again in a future situation? And who's to say that this won't happen in other levels of athletics? And obviously it has. So the bottom line is, Travis Kelsey's this world-class athlete, this superstar with a superstar girlfriend. The world fawns at them. And now there's this imbalance between him, the empathy, and the discipline and accountability. If he's a true professional as an NFL football player, then he would get, keep his emotions in check. But if he is a pampered athlete who thinks that the world owes him something, that that you know, bow, kneel, yield applies to him, then he's going to continue to do things like he did to Andy Reid, and he's going to expect people to forget about it or to say it was all about passion. Now, the bottom line in all of this, I mean, even Kelsey's brother Jason in their podcast said you crossed the line, okay? And don't get me wrong, people make mistakes, but for somebody like Travis Kelsey, he ought to go in front of a national television and say, I was wrong, okay? But in the end, when you have somebody like that, that has this sense of entitlement about them and that the world owes them everything and that there is a different class of people from who they are in the average American and the average football fan, then they're, they're going to think, I don't have to go any farther. Okay, so the bottom line is my message to Travis Kelsey and other athletes out there and to coaches like Andy Reid, do better. The youth of our nation who reveres you deserves better examples out of you. Okay, we're going to take another break and hear from our sponsors, Downrange Supplements. When we come back, we're going to finish off this Too Much Empathy episode and also give our hero shout out. How you guys doing? I'm Colton Smith and I'm announcing right now Downrange Supplements is in your local commissary. If you're anywhere near a base and you have base access, get to the commissary and check out our pre-workout, our rehydration BCA formula, and our protein. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is the best in the market. Enlisted 9 Fight Company, my brand, is partnered with Downrange Supplements for a reason. And I tell you, their products work. And also, don't forget, we kill suckers. Hey folks, welcome back to our final segment of Leader Talk. So, the Israeli war is still a big deal in the Middle East. And since the 7th of October, when... Hamas brutally attacked and invaded Israel, slaughtering thousands of Israelis. There has been some serious fighting that's gone on. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, the Israelis are not going to stop till they have defeated Hamas. 
But it's come at a cost. Thousands of Palestinians have been killed in this conflict. To the point that our own president, President Biden, has said he thinks Israel's response is over the top. But since October the 7th, we've had nearly 200 attacks on U.S. troops in Syria, Iraq, and Jordan. And I mentioned on a previous episode that if there were American soldiers killed, it would be a turning point in this conflict. Well, on the 28th of January, that happened. When a routine U.S. drone mission was returning to Tower 22, a combat outpost in Jordan near the tri-state area with Syria and Iraq, an enemy drone apparently got into the path of that friendly drone, became undetected coming in, and an enemy drone attacked containerized housing units. And it killed three American soldiers, wounding over 40 more. Now, we did retaliate. It took us a little while. We did retaliate with our most significant attack on Iran's proxies, and we continue to retaliate when attacked in places like the Bab al-Mandeb Strait and other areas where Iranian proxies are attacking or going after merchant vessels. But still, the attacks on U.S. forces continue. And so... When we have this shallow response to these hundreds of attacks, and we certainly aren't retaliating in the way that would bloody the nose of not only these proxy forces, but Iran writ large, it continues to create this sense of entitlement where the Iranians think through their proxy forces, they can do whatever they want and wherever they want. And the United States is the big villain and the big enemy because we are supporting Israel with money and arms in their fight against Hamas and any of these other Iranian proxies. And that Iran think through their proxies, they can continue to attack merchant vessels and everything. But I will tell you, what we need now is to take it up a notch. And I mentioned on previous episodes when, uh, you know, the Russians and... The Syrian regime were conducting barrel bomb attacks on innocent Syrians uh, west of the Middle Euphrates River Valley in Syria to the point where they were dropping chlorine bombs and, and Syrian babies were suffocating. We responded by dropping 59 Tomahawk missiles on Russian and Syrian regime targets. And it had an effect on what those enemies were doing. We need a similar response now. And we cannot allow the death of three American service members to go in vain. It's time to take the gloves off. It's time to really get after this threat known as Iran and its proxy forces. Now, the administration doesn't want another endless war, and none of us do. But where is the cut line where we continue to allow Americans get killed in action we say we're sorry that this happened. We send condolence letters to the family, but we don't do enough to the enemy to prevent them to, from doing those kind of attacks in the future. It's kind of, for those that are familiar with the fundamentals of infantry tactics, battle drill six is enter a building and clear a room. And we always talk about the vulnerable area in a battle drill six operation is the fatal funnel. And generally, as you 
open the door into that building or into that room when the force is most vulnerable. And in Troxel's opinion, it seems to me that we can get comfortable sitting in the fatal funnel instead of going into the building, into the room, killing all of the enemy, protecting all of the innocents, or if we're not going to go in and do that, staying completely out of the building and the rooms. We continue to put ourselves in this fatal funnel because we want to appease and we hope that to, by appeasing the enemy, we will deter them from any violent activity, which has proven to be wrong, that we're going to have the effect that we're looking for. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So we need to have a, more of a balance here in dealing with the number one sponsor of terrorism in the world, Iran, and its proxies. And we've got to have empathy for the humanity associated with innocent Palestinians and, and others in countries like uh, Yemen and Syria and places like that. But we got to hold the enemies accountable and we've got to get after the rule of law when it comes to armed conflict and get after these threats. Because we should not and cannot lose any more Americans on foreign soil. So, I want to close today's episode by giving my warrior shout out. And we've been talking about the attacks on 28 January. And my warrior shout out goes to the three American soldiers that gave their lives in defense of freedom and looking to support our nation's efforts. Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, Specialist Kennedy Ladon Sanders, and Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffat, all of the 718th Engineer Company, 926th Engineer Battalion, out of Georgia. God bless them for making the ultimate sacrifice in defense of our country in a foreign land, but more importantly, God bless their families, and may God ease their suffering as they move forward and grieve the loss of these three warriors. So that's it for today on Leader Talk. Please follow us and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, also, don't forget, my memoir, Surrender or Die, Reflections of a Combat Leader, is available on Amazon and my website, pmehard.com. And coming soon, it'll be available on Barnes & Noble. Also, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Downrange Supplements. Hit up their supplement line at downrangesupps.com. If you're looking to build yourself uh, a better life, a better lifestyle, and a better body, go to Downrange and get the supplements you need. So thank you all. God bless you all. And God bless the United States of America. Boom.